Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother away Will the circle be unbroken by my Here we go for Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, joined in by my man, Coach Mike. Hello, sir. Hello. How you doing? Give me one word to describe your life today. It's fantastic. Fantastic in the middle of all this rain that we've had. Now it's lifting. I was going to say, it, it was it was one of those short, intense storms that is going to buzz through. It's cooled the weather off a little bit. And it'll make things a little muggy this afternoon, but right. uh, we'll be all right. Good. That's what I want, man. I was I went to a, a doctor appointment this morning with my son, and we got him back over there. And I, it was funny because we get back to the school – and we were kind of hustling to get him back in time. And he said, you know what? This rain's really heavy and I don't want to get out right now. And I looked at him and I said, oh, you worried about your hair? You worried about it? And he said, no, no. And I go, well, what's the issue? And he goes, well, you know, the next thing doesn't start till such and such time. Like, oh, you're stalling. <laughs> you don't want to go to that class. First so we, day, first day, or no? No, they're they, about they, they, they've been in yeah. a week. Okay. Well, we stayed in there and quote. I'm gonna do the Chris Farley quote with my fingers here for the radio audience. We waited out the storm, yeah. <laughs> so that we could uh, get in there. It's good to know that he's so cautious, right? I mean, yeah, the guy okay. just cares. Um, Coach, we talk on the show about a lot of different things. We touch the spaces of, like we've said before, faith of business and community. You know, we, we put our, our fingers on all of those different pies, if you will. And one of the things that I really think can come up from a bad experience in your faith community or a bad experience at a place of work or a bad experience in your community is a certain word. And the certain word that I want to lead off the show talking about today is this, Coach, the word resentment. I want to talk about resentment because it seems to be a theme the more chapters of humanity you read, the more people you talk to that maybe feel like they're missing out, maybe feel like they've been done wrong. Maybe there are people that say, you know, I thought I was fine, but I resent filling the blank. And it's a real emotion. And it's something as my kids get older, they haven't lived enough life yet in my estimation to be full of resentment, like full. Now, they, they can resent a situation or a circumstance, but they haven't turned bitter by, by life. And I've seen a lot of people that have. And I know there's not a, and so I'll correct myself, I know there's not a specific benchmark of age where that happens, but I'm starting to see in my kids and their social groups where you can see seeds of resentment. And man, I'm going to tell you something. I can't stand it. I can't stand it because... This is something in life I think that we can acknowledge, and I think it's something that we can attack in a lot of ways if we are aware that it's starting in our lives. Oh, yeah, and, and it's something everybody will fight with at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll, I'll just, you know, full disclosure here, I, I have struggled and in some respects still struggling mm-hmm. with some 
of uh, those those feelings and having to work through uh, certain certain situations and and yeah uh it's it's tough it, it, it is <laughs> it's tough and studies have shown that some of the people and this is a very interesting concept to me that the people that do not engage in social media that do not engage in mass media consumption a lot of times can struggle with resentment less and when they talk about this what they're saying is if if you know the concept of social media it is literally peeping into somebody else's window the difference is when you peep into somebody else's window you're peeping into a window that has all been set up it's not like a random candid window where somebody could be a peeping Tom just looking at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are presenting a room. You're presenting a display. And then that's you with your social media post or what you put out there with your content. And then someone else comes along and decides to look in that window. And when they look in that window of your pictures, your comments, uh, your reels, your videos of all the things, they can look into those. And it has been shown over and over again that people are having what they call FOMO, fear of missing out, or people are struggling with just genuine old school red-blooded resentment because they're saying, I should have been in that situation or I could have had this or that. Well, there's also a phenomenon that, that has been recognized by psychologists of, of a masking agent. Mm-hmm. Where people that are behind a mask and the, the, the internet or the you know the social media gives you a mask. It's called your keyboard. Correct. You don't you don't ever face anybody on the internet. Well, I say don't ever. Very rarely do you face anybody face to face. Right. Right. In the internet. So and people behind a mask. There's been studies after studies after studies. People behind a mask will do things they would never do. If they weren't behind that mask. Sure. Sure. That is so true. And, and so therefore you have this quick trigger in social media that to me is, is, is really pretty dangerous. Uh, you know, when, when I, if, if I have a disagreement with you and I am face to face with you, I have, I've got to stop and consider the physical repercussions of what I'm doing as well as the social and the emotional and, and stuff like that. If I'm, if I'm sitting at a keyboard, a hundred miles away from the person I'm arguing with or whatever, I don't have to worry about the physical no. repercussions. I just bam, no. bam, 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 and I pop it out on a pop it out on a keyboard, and and if he doesn't like it, lump it. You know, he's not going to hit me. He's not going to do anything. And I think we've lost some of our diplomacy sure. with each other because we have these masks on. Right, right, and, and literally, it's a mask. You, you don't see, you never see your the face of the people involved in a social media exchange. All you see is the words, right? Now you may get the emote, you may get the emoticon, you may get the emotion, you know, the all caps, you know, emphasis or something like that. You never see the face and therefore you, you push the lines and you can't get a read on how, what, on what you're saying or what you're typing, what effect it's having on your listener. And people get bold. They turn into oh, yeah. these. They can they can yeah. turn into a. I've heard it described before as a keyboard warrior. Uh, mm-hmm. People that will say and do things on whether or not it's a text message, whether or not it's an email or a comment section. Say things that they like. You said they they would never say. There was a face. study. There was a there was a study done back really before the internet became a big deal about people who had to sit and 
like I said, face to face, like you and I are in this studio, and they would hit a every time somebody hit a uh, wrong answer, oh, they sure. were supposed to hit a shock button. And every <laughs> and every time it you know it was a, it started off as a real mild shock, but the the instructions were to increase the shock for every wrong answer, right up to the point you think it's not that it's not appropriate. Well, when they did them face to face. They wouldn't get very high at all. Never got, never got very high. It was just more of a you know, you know, little, little flinch here and stuff like that. But they put them behind a wall or they put them in a different room. And then they listen. And they got those things that cranked up to where it would literally right. knock you out of a chair. Because it's masked. Yeah, it's yeah, masked. And they sure. didn't have that, that, that response. They didn't see that response there. And plus, they were anonymous. Right, right. They could hide behind that wall and no one would know who it is. And it was their judgment of how much was enough and how much was too much dramatically changed. Oh, I bet. When you could not see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they could hide, literally hide behind the wall, and I can zap this guy now, and he'll never know it was me. And what that does is it breeds these situations where people can let out their emotions People can do things, and then people Before will they start think. to yeah, and they'll start to resent conversations to the point where this person is doing this, and they're weaponizing it, and they're saying that. And I am guilty, and others are guilty of saying to somebody else when they type something, or they text something, or email something. You know, I don't like your tone, and it's like oh, they're just words, like like they're just words mm-hmm. here. And here's what happens when we start to resent somebody else, whether or not it's a word choice, whether or not it's a way that they weaponized a paragraph against us, or there's a situation that we think we're entitled to something or we should have something. One thing I want our audience to know today is this, is that resentment has been described before. This is a very interesting choice of words here. Resentment is the cocaine of the emotions. Now, let me say that again. Resentment is the cocaine of the emotions. And when it's described this way, it causes our blood to pump and it causes our energy level to rise. And there is, hang with me here, there is a dangerous point to where when I am full of resentment, what can happen is there's a dangerous point in which my anger ceases to be an emotion, and then it becomes a driving force. But let me talk about that to you again. If somebody who's listening today is struggling with resentment and you're saying, well, you know what? I'm just fired up and I'm just, I'm just passionate. The reason that we've heard it described before as being the cocaine of the emotions is because you can lose control. You can be pumped to the point of you're damaging people, you're hurting people. And if you don't believe me. And the more you get involved in it, the easier it is to go there. Oh, sure. Yeah, it will. And that's, 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 there's there's what I think the cocaine part of that is that that it becomes habit forming. Mm -hmm. It, It becomes that, that reaction that is easy to do. And keep running with that. If it's easy to do and it's your go to and you go back to it, just like cocaine, resentment can kill. And so when you're there and it's your weapon, all of a sudden that weapon can be turned against you and it can kill. And then 
physically, uh, if you're, if you're let, let, now let's just make this a drug episode. Physically, <laughs> if cocaine is the issue with high blood pressure and other conditions, but then emotionally, what can happen for me with resentment is anxiety, depression. And I know we said earlier that the rain has gone away. It's a beautiful day out here. But also what I want people to know is something that's true is this resentment spiritually can shrivel your soul. I mean, it can it can shrivel your soul to the point where somebody says good day and you say, what's good about it? Yeah. Well, adrenaline is probably one of the most powerful substance. It's I think I guess it's classified as a hormone. Right. Right. But it is one of the most powerful substances known to man Mm -hmm. and it creates an automatic response we call it the fight or flight response right absolutely and you know for 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 the longest time as as our society developed that was necessary you know you have to make a decision really really quick do i stay and fight or do i get out of there right and save my life right and or, or you know or do i fight to save my life and adrenaline is that hormone that helps you get that physical response to do either one of those. Right. Mm -hmm. But it also carries with it that, um, a brain response of aggression. I've either got to get out of there and I got to go through something to do it (laughs) to get out of there, or I've got to go attack whatever is endangering me. And I've got to be physically aggressive to do that. And it creates such a response. It's it, it, you know it's a it's a it's like a drug. Sure, it people is. love you know you, you've heard of adrenaline junkies, right? They love yeah. that yeah. buzz. It right. is but I'm an athlete, sure, or former athlete. I'm not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sign me up for anything. But coach. But, uh, but at the same time, you know, I remember that buzz. I right. remember that 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 excitement of a ball game. That excitement of a huge play. Mm-hmm. One reason why I got into coaching, right? I, that was the only way I could get it after I had to quit playing. Right. And it can be a negative as well as a positive, just like any other drug, you know. And nothing makes yeah. your blood boil more than competing. You know, yeah. Go, going uh, yeah. It. Or you feel like you, like you said, you take it off the f- sports field and you put it in the so- society. You've been wronged. Right. Now you've got a threat. Mm-hmm. It's a fight or flight. What do I do? Right. Do I get away from it? Do I turn and fight it? And I can't physically go after him, but I've got that adrenaline rush. Right. That has happened. Right. And if I don't learn, and I guess that's where you're kind of headed with this, I'm guessing where you're headed is learning how to con how to control how to handle that and control it, then it becomes it becomes my uh it it becomes not motivation, uh it becomes my controlling factor. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times, you know, I've, I've had student after student, they talk about, well, he just can't handle his anger. Now he can handle his anger. He can't handle his adrenaline rush. Right. Right. And we got to, you know, we you got to teach him how to come off of that rush once, you know, that's, that's really all anger management is, is mitigating that adrenaline rush. And, and conceptually you do, like you just said, you can feel like you need to lose the edge you can feel like you need to use 
the edge. Know when it. Just yeah, know when it. you yeah. need it. Do it the right way. And here's where it drives you. If if we're just sitting on the topic of resentment and the in the adrenaline where you can say, okay, I'm either going to get better or I'm going to be bitter. You know, you, you, you can change mm-hmm. it in that because here's what happens. If you'll notice it, the same way somebody chases a drug all over town. I mean, we've known people that have been just torn up by addiction. They'll go anywhere to do anything to get what they need. The flip side of that is people that are bitter and full of resentment. I have found this, and I hate that I found it a lot in the church space. I think maybe that's just my context because you can find it in the community. That may be more of your experience yeah. level. You can and, find and, it in, in the, the area system, you've chosen to, to work businesses, in. Businesses, yeah. but it's why no matter where you are, it's why bitter people. Oh, I hate this, Coach. Bitter people will complain the same way a junkie will go wherever they got to go to get whatever they need. Bitter people will complain to anybody that will listen about anything, dude. Yes, and I've been that. And and it's again and again we keep coming back to this drug reference. Um, it's because there's a buzz, right? That comes with you know a sense of power, a buzz, whatever you want to call it. That comes with that feeling. Yes. And I can't get it any other way. So I got to go. And, and and we basically end up with people. You end up with people who are, who are looking, you know, you know, I used to call certain students. They were fights. They were fights waiting to happen. <laughs> They're combustible. Yeah. It just, you know, you had a student just walking down the right. hallway, just looking for a reason. What? What? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and I think it was that. He he was he desperately needed that rush, right? Right. But didn't know how to get it without creating conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't want to go through the the rigors of a football training and, and and stuff like that. But he but he loved that. You know, why do you think athletes are so hooked on their sports? Right. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. It's sure. it's, no, it's, it's true. Just, you know, the, that that rush. That's that's you know the the problem is is that that. It's like any other drug; it can be turned against you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it can be out of control. And when it keeps coming back, and keeps coming back, and keeps, and you don't control it, and you don't control it, now it turns into a habitual thing. And there's, right. I think, there's where resentment sure. kind of starts coming into the picture. Now, is I'm, you know, I keep, I'm going, you know, as right. a teacher, I learned real quick. If I go in expecting trouble out of my class, I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. Or if I can't find it, I'm going to create it subconsciously. Yes. Yes. And if you're not aware, and, and, and it'll that's, turn into yeah, more. And yeah. And, and like I said, that's one of the things we, we I learned as a teacher really, really quick was if I expected trouble, I reacted in such a way that created the trouble. Yes. Yes. And therefore, sure enough, you know, and again, psychology, they call it the self-fulfilling prophecy. You do things that create what you expect to happen. Right. Resentment, you expect a conflict, so therefore you create one. That's, and you don't even think about it. And it's a formula one way or the other. 
as, as we go into break here, here's what I want you guys to remember for me. If you're not aware of it, and if you don't do something about it, your resentment can turn into hatred. And so we're going to be on this journey today talking about this on Circle Unbroken. We'll address a little bit more of these, maybe stair steps, if you will, on the journey when we come back on Circle Unbroken. Columbia Kiwanis Club member Suzanne Ganser. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to put on a fall fest with a chili cook-off downtown Saturday, September 30th from 3 to 7. Come enjoy the music, taste the chili, or enter the cook-off. Proceeds raised by the Kiwanis go to local kids' charities. For more information or to enter the cook-off, go to the Columbia Kiwanis Facebook page. Come to enjoy the food, kid zone, and music at this family-friendly event. We hope to see you there. Is this the year to get a John Deere compact tractor from TriGreen? Well, you know they're tried and true machines that are built to last. Now's the time to get a compact tractor with 0% for 84-month financing with no money down. When you get a 3025E with a loader for $280 a month, that's a price that just won't last long. We also have a 1025R tractor starting at $231 per month or choose $1,500 cash discount. Either one can make your year. Visit TriGreenEquipment.com to learn more. Offerings July 31, 2023. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. 
Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Circle Unbroken. I am your host, Taft Ayers. I got my man, Open Mike, with me. Hello, sir. Hello. I want I want the audience to know this, okay? Radio Land, Podcast World, wherever you might be, however you're streaming us or listening to us, we, we bring some energy on the show. And no matter the topic, we're we're into it. And we, we keep a running list of what we talk about. We sometimes don't know where we're going when we talk about it. But here's something I want you all to know is that when we cut, when we go to break, when we roll out, both sides, Coach and myself, sometimes it's, it's like – Barbershop meets church meets <laughs> lay down on the couch and talk about. I mean, our topics are so real to us that we will talk off the mic about some pretty deep stuff. Yeah. And, and today is no different. Talking about resentment, Coach and I both have everything from 
professional things that have happened in our lives, things that have happened within our families, our friend groups, like all different kinds of things. Now, if you're in our professionalized families or friend groups, stop trying to figure it out. But we we have a safe space in here where Coach and I will talk about these things. And it's a real thing that you hear some of it on air, but also you hear kind of the mouthpiece of it that has some heart to it. And when we are off the mic, our hearts kind of explode. And, and today is no different as we have been talking about a real subject uh, and that subject is resentment. And in the first session today, if you're just now joining us, we made a few statements. And one of the statements that we made was how you can make a correlation of resentment. And it's been described before as the cocaine of the emotions. And we talked about what that can mean in the sense of it causes your blood to literally boil or to jump. It causes your energy level to rise. There's a dangerous point at which your anger stops being an emotion and starts becoming a driving force. And one of the things that Coach talked about was the fact that, and that can get out of control. That can drive you to a great place in the sense of, I've been wronged, something has been done, this is my fuel, my motivation, my my edge. Or you can become so bitter that you will complain to anybody, as Coach said, almost about anything. Then we spoke about the danger. The real danger is just like a drug, resentment can kill. Physically, it could kill you the same way a drug could kill you with high blood pressure, other conditions. Emotionally, it could destroy you with anxiety and depression. And if if that's where you are right now, we want you to know as people here that bring you circle and broken, we feel you. We we understand how that happens, we don't want anybody to hear that and say, well, if you're not careful, anxiety or depression are the results of resentment. So get right. We, we want you to know that if you're hearing this right now, that, that we understand that uh, in the essence of the dark place, of, of the blunt feeling, of the sharp anxiety that can come with that. And then spiritually, we know that resentment, what can happen is that it can, I mean, picture this right now, it can shrivel your soul. It can make you go from John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses, from feeling like you're living an abundant life all the way down to feeling like, okay, I'm a part of something that is shrinking, that is small and something that I can't control it. And my resentment makes me feel so little when the world is so big. One of the things that we wanted to state is that on this journey, resentment can lead to hatred and hatred is the rabid dog that turns on its owner. Revenge is the raging fire that consumes the arsonist. Bitterness is the trap that actually snares the hunter. And and these are all things that come from resentment. And mercy, mercy, here's what I want everybody to know. This is what we're going to spend this break talking about. Mercy is the choice that can set all those things free. There's a reason that the Bible spends as much time as it does warning against vengeance. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it is a very dangerous press, you know, thing to get into. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, you know, you've heard, you know, if you've done any Bible study at all, you've heard, or just even been to church, you know, where, you know, vengeance is mine. 
says the Lord. Yes. Yes. Forgive your neighbor. Forgive your enemy. Let me be the one to handle the vengeance, the resentment, because it's such a strong mover of emotion and energy that really only God can control it positively. Right. Completely. Well, control it completely and positively. That's why he says, turn it over to me. Let me handle it. I will. I will handle it. Right. Right. And I can, you know, God's one of the few that can use it constructively. Mm -hmm. And coach, when he says it, let me ask you this. When he, when God says it's mine, okay, when my kids say something is mine, you know what they're telling the others? It doesn't belong to you. Leave it alone. You can't have it. Right. So as we lean into this, if vengeance is his, yeah, like you said, leave it alone. It doesn't belong Stay to you. Stay away from it. Yeah. Now, does he realize that we're going to trip and fall into that? Yes, he does. You know, <laughs> Daily. That's why he warns us so much. Right. Right. And, and, and gives us so many, you know, you know, you know, he comes, in fact, he even goes to the other side of love your enemies. Mm-hmm. And one of the explanations I've, I've given to kids is, you know, talk to, well, and adults too. You know, if I if I take care of my enemy, how long is he going to be my enemy? Right. I destroyed my enemy because he's no longer my enemy. Mm-hmm. And declawing and, the situation. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. I can destroy my enemy by taking care of him. Not that I destroyed the person or the thing that was my enemy. I changed him. Right. Right. And so, yes, I destroyed my enemy. I made him my friend. Or I made him an acquaintance that I can work with, and that's what that, there's. That's the direction the Bible wants us to head. You know what God wants us to head to, as much as possible. Let let the resentment let let God handle that. Mm-hmm. You know that, and, and He calls it vengeance. Sure. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's a reason why <laughs> He tells us not to. You know, to avoid it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I heard an old school preacher say this one time. He said, "This may blow some of your minds," and he said, "But here's what what everybody's got to do." He goes, "You just start climbing, let God move the mountain." And when he was talking about, it, he was saying, "Your all your effort that you're supposed to do is to climb. You know, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to press forward. If the mountain needs to be moved, God's going to move it." We spend so much time talking about why this mountain needs to move and what what needs to happen, get out of my way. And all he says is, "You just climb it." You climb it, he moves. And Jesus makes the reference, you know, the faith, you know, mm-hmm. like if you have the mustard seed of faith, you can move a mountain. Yes. Well, yes. okay, let's reword that a little bit. If you have enough faith in me, the mountain will move because I'll move it right. for you. Right. And therefore, your faith yeah. has moved it. <laughs> this is practical Bible to you, brought to my, by Mike Lyle. Well, okay, so if we're if we're mentioning this today and resentment is real, we don't if you're if you're familiar with our format, we don't just drop a huge problem on you with no path to solution or to change. And so here's what we want to do. We want to spend the rest of our time today. We'll have a break in the middle, but we want to spend the rest of our time talking to you about ways to get through and to let go of resentment. Here's what we want you to know. God, as Coach said earlier, God 
takes care of the vengeance. God takes care of the whole concept. If you think that a balance is thrown off, if you think that the scales aren't right, hey, he he knows all about justice. He knows all about mercy. He knows all about everything being made in the light. He, he knows those things. That's your God. What we want to talk about is this concept of climbing that mountain, of having the faith, of I like to say it like this, of meeting God in the middle. Now, we know that we never really meet him in the middle with the debt that we owe to him. But making those efforts. First thing we want you to know is this. Approach resentment, number one. Approach resentment as the addictive state of mind that it is. Can I say that again? Approach resentment like the addictive state of mind that it is. Treat it like a drug. We've talked about, you know, how many, you know, opioid abuse Mm -hmm. is, you know, one of the the rampant problems in in society today. And how do most of us get hooked on opioids? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. the, it was needed for a little while. Right. Okay. That, that, that negative emotion, probably at the beginning of when you were, you know, you were put in that situation. You probably needed that that negative emotion to respond, the fight yeah. or flight response. Exactly. Whether it's physical or emotional or whatever. But then you hang on. Right. Or you keep coming back to it and you keep taking it. And there's, you know, then, then the opioid becomes the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The resentment becomes the problem. And it causes. That, that, that goes way beyond the initial cause. Right. And and the behavior in that, what it can do is then all of a sudden you can be involved in, I've seen this happen, in revisionist history. I have seen people, what they will do is they will start to say things and do things that may or may not be factual. They'll create a narrative here. Same thing people do when they're on drugs. You know, it's it's a altered state. Yeah. And if we said on the first one that you've got to make an approach to resentment, There's something else that you have to do here. You have to realize that you are using resentment many times to almost replicate old dramas, and you've got to acknowledge that you can't change the past. You can't. I I can learn from it, but I can't change it. Sometimes, Coach, we recreate the pain point in a lot of ways. Well, like I said, that's that's the, the, the student that's, you know, a fight waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're looking for, or that person who's, you know, the old moniker, the grumpy old man. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, right. But, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I've had, and honestly, I'm still struggling with it at times is learning that most people aren't out to get me. Sure. And if I, once, once I know that they're, they're, everybody's really wanting to do, you know, in their mind, at that moment, whatever they did was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it really was or not is beside sure. the point. In their mind, that was the right thing to do at the moment. None of us will ever do the wrong thing right. on purpose. That's fair. It's, it's, That's a, fair. it's a misjudgment. You know, even if it is, ends up being the wrong thing, even if it is, you know, at the moment, it seemed like the right thing for me to do. If I give credit to that motivation. Now my response is all really what I got to do is educate to the point of 
that was the wrong thing, and here's why. Absolutely. And take the that fight, that that emotion of you. Hey, you're out to get me. You're trying to hurt me. No, I, you know, no. They they just made the wrong choice at the moment. Once I got that into my head, it may, became a lot easier for me to forgive. Mm-hmm. For me to work past things and start working with situations and people that I needed to keep working with, even though they had hurt me. Right. Uh, once I kind of came to that idea that at the moment that they hurt me, the action they took was they thought they were convinced that was the right thing to do. Okay. Okay, move on. Because you know whether it was or not, it's beside the point. Yeah. And it, it took examination. Yes. And it takes time to think. There's, there's that concept of thinking before mm-hmm. thinking before you, uh, you know, the, the, the count to 100, count to 10, whatever it is, that gives you that opportunity to rethink the motivation of the person who's hurting you. We'll be back with more of this after the break here on Circle Unbroken. Listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hose for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Perchowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. When you hear Johnny Cash, that means we're back. But you know who another musician is, or should I say musical group is? It's not Johnny Cash, but is coming to Nashville. Coach, take it away. Yeah, the Gypsy Kings are returning to Nashville for a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall uh, for you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night of live entertainment on Saturday, November 4th. Mark your calendar, Saturday, November 4th. 
The Gypsy Kings are a, a fantastic group that have sold over 20 million records worldwide. They've received a Grammy in 2013 for the in the best world music category. They have collaborated on uh, several films such as The Big Lebowski, uh, Toy Story 3, and on uh, and a couple of others. It's a very, very energetic and talented ensemble that you really, really don't want to miss. Tickets and details are available at toninobayardo.com, T-O-N-I-N-O, capital B-A-L-A-I-A-R-D-O.com, a loud and live production. Also, stay tuned to 101.7 WKOM for details. We have about 30 tickets. We'll be giving away closer to the time for the show and uh, again, a great night of entertainment. Mark your calendar. The Gypsy Kings coming to Nashville. TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall, Saturday, November 4th. We could spend a whole episode on Coach telling you how to spell that name. All right, <laughs> running, that's running a, that's a mouthful. I was, I was glad you did that, though, uh, Coach. And listening to them, you know, they, they pronounce it a whole lot yeah. uh, smoother and better than I do. So, you know, my, my, my apologies to Tonino <laughs> for that. <laughs> hey, it just rolls off the tongue, man. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, guys, we've been spending our time today. Talking about resentment, talking about what resentment is, talking about what resentment can do, how it can destroy you. I remember filling out an application one time, and it was a speaker's application. And they asked me to come. It was funny. They asked me to come and talk, but then they asked me to fill out an application about things that I would like to talk about. And it was a very unique thing because they said, we're having this conference. We'd love for you to come. And I was honored. And then they said, now you have to go to the application process. And it humbled me a little bit. But what they meant was they were saying, yes, we want you, but we want you to fill out this application because we want to put you in the right section of this conference, like the different breakouts. And so, okay, okay. So I went on there and I started filling different things out. And coach, I told them a lot of things that I was good at. Uh, I'd be good at speaking on this, I'd be good at speaking on that. And the lady replied back, who was my point of contact, and she said, we would like for you to take one of your greatest, this was wild, one of your greatest perceived strengths that's actually a weakness and talk about that. Woo! I hadn't done homework in a long time. <laughs> and, and she gave me this. Well, Coach, I want to tell you, what I wound up talking about that day at this, I mean, this is a conference. It was in Atlanta. It's one that it, it's kind of like your call up, like your, this is my major league. This was in an arena, 13,000 people. I had always wanted to be on a stage at this conference, right? Everybody has where they want to coach or they want to work or where they want to go. Yeah, for some of you on the motivational circuit, the TED conference or the yes. TED talks yes. are, are something Big, similar to that. Means a lot to people. And so I was excited. Well, I wound up talking about. Being a disgruntled leader. And I talked about the fact that I am really good at leading dot, 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 or parentheses, disgruntled people. I am really good at being the captain or the voice of people that are disgruntled. If there is somebody who has a church issue, if there's somebody that has a business problem, if there's somebody who's gone cross with a situation in the community, I'm your guy to lead you. I'm your guy to talk about this, this, and that. And a lot of times, 
I had to realize, okay, you just know that there's bitterness. And as we said earlier in the episode, and that people that are bitter will talk to everybody about their problems and what they got. And what I started to talk about in this session was, hey, and I've had long conversations with people that I thought were really, really productive. What they really were is they were gripe sessions. They were just gripe sessions about something, and I had I was, I was better with my words than they were, so I became the disgruntled leader. I wasn't really moving to progress. I was just somebody whose product was actually problems, and I would turn around, and I would do this, and here's what would happen. When this would happen, it would give me an illusion of strength. It would give me an illusion of being a leader. And instead, what I think we need to do sometimes is step back and say, is that really a strong connection? Are you, are you really powerful? Are you really somebody of influence? Or are you just the megaphone for all things problematic? Are you just the person that's really, really good at saying, we're mad, we're furious, but you're really not making progress? Or are you the pressure release valve that keeps mm-hmm. somebody from exploding? Right, right. That you would know. be the positive spin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be the positive place. Uh, the, the, and there is a time and a place for oh, that. Oh, sure, sure. And I do think and in a, a position those, for that. A lot of those conversations, I probably did validate people. I probably did help people. But I think what wound up happening for me is I almost became the person that sought those people out. And I would, I would seek those people out, kind of like the way in a, in a community. Let's say a new church comes. And the new church comes, and they're going to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ for all the people that have been hurt by churches. Do I think that's a good thing? Conceptually, yes. I think more people hearing about Jesus who have been burnt, who have, who have had problems with, quote-unquote, church, I think that is fantastic. Dot, dot, dot. But remember, that cannot be your mission. I was on stage at a church here, and this is a church that was known for grace, mercy, restoration, no judgment. Then as I learned more and more about the people, and because we're all imperfect, Mm. I learned more and more about these folks. One of the things that I learned was that there were several pockets at this church where a lot of them had come out of a very conservative, perceived legalistic community. That's the language you would hear from them. And then I'd be, Coach, I would be partaking communion, or I'd be listening to a prayer. And the theme kept coming up of, of bondage, not of sin, per se, but bondage from the conservative church and this and this. And it became such a theme that the fellow who was in charge of all their preaching asked me to fill the pulpit for him one day to to speak on their stage. I was excited. And and when I was there, I was talking about all the different things in our life where we're connected to God, where here's what I said. If I don't smile when I talk about the people of God, something needs to change. And then I said, Maybe it's my heart. And I shared with them on stage. I said, you guys remember the movie Karate Kid? And everybody started laughing. Mm-hmm. I even saw some people doing the crane. Yeah. You know? That's okay. Y'all remember it. I said, there's a scene that people kind of gloss over. And it's at the beginning of the movie. And there is a confrontation on the beach. And it's Johnny and his Cobra Kai friends. And they are going to fight. They are angry. They're going to fight this new guy, Daniel. Because he's flirting with Allie and she used to date him. And so all my karate kid heads remember this. But there's a line here 
where there's this tension, Johnny's mad, and his buddies and Cobra Kai say to each other, he's mad about this Daniel and Allie thing, but I, I thought they broke up. And one of the buddies replies back, and he says this, she did, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> and that reminds me of a lot, and I shared that with the church. I said, a lot of you are like this. A lot of you are like, we're not part of that church anymore. We're not part of those negative, you know, bonding places where it's legalistic and it's judgmental. But you're pre- you're being pretty judgmental talking about them. You actually said that's a place that is bad and judgmental, but you're actually over here full of resentment about them. And so what I was telling the folks is we're all struggling with growing spiritually when all we talk about is the past. I had a guy send me a picture on Saturday, and it was a picture of me and a buddy from a wedding, okay? And, Coach, this wedding is from 2002, and we were in this wedding, and we were there. I'm a, Here, I'm, I'm taking this picture right now and showing it to Coach. This is 2002. Coach, in that wedding, if you see it right there, that's 02, okay? And, you, folks, I'm painting this picture for you. You see me kind of looking to the side. Well, there was a girl— that was a part of the wedding party. And this was a time in my life when my wife and I had broken up and it was terrible. I didn't think I was bitter about our breakup. And so I saw this girl in the wedding party. You know what I decided to do? I decided to take her on a date because I'm in the wedding party. She's in a wedding party. And so I asked this girl out on a date. We went out on a date. She had just recently broken up with a guy that I knew. I take her to dinner. And folks, here's what I want you guys to hear, okay? Wasted dinner because all she did... The whole time, Coach, what do you think she talked about the whole time? That the, the ex. That dude, right? She, and what did you think about the whole time? Exactly. <laughs> and so I went to my buddies, the buddy you see in that picture, and I went to him afterwards and I said, dude, I said, I went to dinner with this girl. I thought she was cute enough, you know, whatever. And I took her out and I went there and the whole time I was there, she talked about this guy like she resented him like crazy, but it was, he's bad, he's bad, he's bad, he's bad. Oh, he broke my heart. He was terrible. The, the whole time. To the point where at the end of it, I said, hey, sweetie, I think you need to call him. And her eyes got real big. And I said, I think you need to call him because he's clearly, I said, straight up, coach, clearly all you want to talk about. And it sounds like you need to talk to him. Why? I, I did the right thing. Watch this. They're married now with babies. So then I go back to my buddies. And I go back to my buddies and I said, hey, dudes, I need y'all to listen to this. I went on this date with her, blah, blah, blah. That's all she did was talk about blah, blah, blah. And my buddy looks at me and he goes, welcome to our world. That's all you've done. And that's all you've done. Hey, and you know Look what? Look in the mirror, buddy. That guy did me a favor because guess what? We're married with babies. <laughs> and so that is a funny situation to look and say, a lot of times what happens is we're not aware of how the resentment is eating us up. We're not aware of the person that it's turning us into. And the last thing that we want to challenge you with today is to seek this genuine awareness, to look around and to say, who have I become? Like, how have I changed? What's, what's eating me to the point where you can trigger me this fast? Because, Coach, let's be honest, it can get ugly, can it? Yeah, it can. And, and I think, you know, unfortunately we're running out of time today. Mm -hmm. But we may need to spend another episode talking about, okay, now we've talked about what to be aware of and what to be wary of. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know that we've been able to address what we can do mm-hmm. positively. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time and needed to sure. spend a lot of time on what to be uh, cautious about or aware of. What do we do from there? You know, and I talked with you during our break about recognizing motivations. Yes. Yes. And I don't have the time here now today <laughs> to, to talk about it. But, um, you know, once I learned how to attribute what I thought was proper motivation behind even a bad act. Right. It helped right. me an awful lot in dealing with resentment. And, and you know, that again, like I said, that's a whole different episode right now. Uh, we sure. don't have time to get into it today. But uh, I'd, I'd like to sometime talk about that. Oh, absolutely. And, and stuff. Because we know what to be aware of. Right. Right. Okay. We, we've, we've, we've addressed that pretty well. Now, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. And we haven't. I don't think we have addressed that yet. So we, we need to put that on the docket for a later time that'll be coming up for another episode that we'll just call this resentment 1.0 and we'll come back at a future date with resentment 2.0 we're glad that you're here with us we're glad you care about circle and broken go out and make it a great day Come home.